24 hour podcast so podcast continues tonight we are going to bring on a research analyst from the ocean conservancy sage melser will be on the program in just a few moments we're going to be asking all kinds of shock questions Ned 35 style Research research assistant is vague. I mean, it's not vague, but it is. You know, like I want to know what she's done recently because she basically covers all Ocean Conservancy programs. So that's oh. got to be a lot of research. That's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. A lot of digging, a lot of testing, a lot of time spent in the library. You know, by candlelight. You know, the 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 janitor's the left. The janitor's left. All the lights are out. She's up there with a candle. Like Just reading screwed. research papers. Yeah. <laughs> reading huge books about sharks and whales. The candle burns out. She sits up eight mirrors and stop glasses to reflect the moon just in the right <laughs> moment. It's like a science. It's like mousetrap. Right. I feel like research analysts and a lot of those other titles in today's day and age since like 2008, people do so much more than one job. Like everybody has eight jobs that they just right. have to give you a title because they can't call everybody like, uh, you know, paradox or, uh, you know, jack Vortex. of all trades. You have to have something. Right. It's like just a, a term because it's hard to qualify exactly what they do because they do so many things. You can't smash it into one title. Now, as a research assistant, is the official title that Sage Reach, has? Research assistant with Ocean Conservancy, providing communications and scientific research support across all Ocean Conservancy programs. That was from her LinkedIn. So it's very broad. Yeah, it, cover, it could cover anything. She's got her hand in a lot of pots, and we want to dissect those pots for the uh, short time that she's going to be joining us tonight. Yes. She's ready to go. You want to pull her on? Sure. Bring her on. Uh, patch her through. Let you know you can tweet her on Twitter at Sage Melser, S-A-G-E-M-E-L-C-E-R. Real quick before we go on, don't you hate when people tell you how to spell their name and they phonetically give every letter as P is in Paul, A is in Apple, right. T is in Thomas, T is in Thomas. You're, okay. All right. I get it. I get it. Yes. Like you can do that with like a P or a D, I think are important. But I've heard people say like W is in Walter. I'm like W as opposed to one of the letter that rhymes with that. Right. Yeah. Like Trouble you. The, the letter S, I have two, you know, double S in my last name. S some kind sometimes can sound like F as in Frank. S F, you know, if somebody. <laughs> you know what I always say? I, when, when they ask me to say that, I go, "It's Matthew. It's M as in Matthew. A as in second letter of Matthew." <laughs> Just to fuck with them. All right, let's class it up. Sage uh, Melser's coming on the show right now from Ocean Conservancy. Gonna pop her in and continue Shark Week here on the Podcastle. And you can always uh, tweet us at the underscore podcastle. I'm happy to field any questions. Sage, you're live. Welcome on the show. Thank you. Hi. Happy to be here. Thank you so Sage, much for coming on. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm John. Hi. And I'm Matt. And obviously, with me as always is Matt. So uh, we were just saying earlier, Sage is a research. Sage, you're a research assistant. 
Yes, that is correct. With Ocean Conservancy, providing communications and scientific research support across all programs at Ocean Conservancy. So that's kind of broad. Is there like an example of research you've been doing lately? Um, yeah, sure. So one of the programs I work a lot on at Ocean Conservancy is their plastics work. Okay. So we are trying to understand, you know, Ocean Conservancy has been doing a lot with the International Coastal Cleanup, right. where volunteers will go out and collect trash that's already made it into waterways and onto the beaches. But what we're trying to understand now is how that trash actually gets there in the first place uh. and what are the best methods of actually reducing the amount that can leak out of our garbage cans and out of our collection systems and get into the oceans. So you need to find the source. Exactly. We need to find out who to blast on the air and, and blame. <laughs> right. Um, you know, Sage, uh, there's a number of California towns uh, and places with proposed legislation across the country with the, the plastic uh, bag ban. I know West Hollywood is one of the first that banned plastic bags and uh, plastic bottles. Is that a good start? to eliminating some of this waste? Yeah, of course. I mean, the biggest thing is just getting your town, community, state aware of the issue of plastics getting into our oceans and waterways. So things like plastic bag bans or, you know, trying to get people to use more reusable water bottles or canteens is a great way to get people educated and at least aware of the problem. It's a smart thing to do. I actually use a I've used the same water bottle for like a year, you know, a uh, yeah. reusable one. And people are like, "Do you wash that?" I'm like, "Look, I'm doing a lot of good here. You don't question me. Don't worry about me. I'm saving the earth. I'm, I'm doing this." Um, I read a statistic recently that there's going to be more trash, and I know there's a lot of stats going out there, so I wanted to see if this was true. There's going to be more trash than fish in the ocean in like 50 years. What? Are we are we headed towards that? Or is that is that a farce? <laughs> Well, like you say, um, there's a lot of different statistics out there regarding that. And I think that it's going to be a really interesting 50 years, right? Um, what our goal is is to make sure we don't get to that point, um, you know, by targeting some of the biggest uh, sources of plastic pollution that's out there. And that's what we're really trying to understand right now. It's important. I, I was reading there was a few things um, – when that plane went down in the Malaysia and they were looking for the plane, there was like eight false reports where they thought it was pieces of the wreck, but it turned out to be trash. And I thought, somebody needs oh. to talk about this issue that there's so many heaps of trash oh. in the ocean that they're confusing it for a plane. I mean, it's, it's so disgusting. It's so sad, uh, the dumping in there. How does it get in there? Is it just uh, people cut corners with landfills and they dump it in there? Or like, how do, what happens? Well, it really depends on the area you're talking about. Um, you know, one of the biggest areas of concern are a lot of these countries that are uh, rapidly growing in population and in wealth, and which is wonderful and great for them, but it's hard when you're a rapidly developing country where you might not have the appropriate waste infrastructure to deal with all of this trash that's suddenly flowing into your system. More people, um, more trash. Exactly. So we really need to help those countries that are dealing with or going to be dealing with those problems, but also understanding that, you know, everybody on the planet has a role to play when dealing with plastic pollution. 
you don't even think about that. It's like, oh, great, this country, they're having an, uh, an economic upturn, but no one set up a trash system for them. <laughs> yeah, oh, you know, you always think good of, idea. yeah, wasting yeah. out of sight and out of mind, but, you right. know, especially with plastic, it's not something that goes away very easily. So it's definitely something to really keep in mind, and it's very important for our environment. And, and going with that, too, it's extremely important. I just want to chime in and say, I mean, take a look at the plastic bag, how many stores and when I use plastic bags. The average life of a plastic bag is this. You get something at the store, they put it in a bag that you most likely don't need. Um, right. You definitely don't need it anymore with reusable bags. For, you for take a pack it, of gum. Right. You, you put it a pack of gum, batteries. You, you put it in your car, you take it home, you take it out of the bag, and then you throw the bag out. I mean, that's the end of it. I mean, it's just so wasteful to see that. If we can just start get rid of that, those, I mean, I don't. I don't Start buy into there. the, yeah. I don't buy into the argument. You know, there's a lot of jobs with it, and it's, you know, it's it's an obsolete practice. You don't need it. Come up with something else. Right. Doesn't. Yeah. No, definitely. And there's a lot of. I mean, the topics of jobs is always really interesting, right? You know, there's also a lot of jobs that can be created in the recycling industry. Um, yeah. There's a lot of countries that have seen, you know along with rapid increases of jobs, um, rapid increases of recycling rates because they have so much more infrastructure and people working in the field to keep um, the towns and environment clean. Yeah, like what the heck? When, when uh, eight years ago when Obama got elected and the world was in the toy, the country was in the, the pooper, I thought we're going to go to the green movement and create all these brand new jobs and it, everything's going to be saved. But we're still like dragging our feet. What is going on? Well, I mean, it's... Too much money keeping that from happening? <laughs> well, it's a very large, complicated process with a lot of moving pieces, right? I mean, if it right. was easy, it would have been done ages right. ago. Right. Um, but that's why a lot of countries, the UN is putting a lot of effort into this, and a lot of countries are recognizing that this is a very serious issue and are making some really positive steps forward into solving the global waste problem. Yeah. Sam, yeah. you have a, a good speaking voice. Is that what you did when you were on the whale boats? <laughs> you, you talked to, like, the crowd? Oh, yeah. got excited. oh, you heard about my naturalist days on a sailboat. Yes. Uh, We've done a lot of stalking on your past. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes, I was a naturalist, so I'm actually originally from California, uh, Santa okay. Cruz, California. Um, yes. And I worked on a whale watching sailboat out of Santa Cruz and um, yes I it was really hard I had to get up every morning on the weekend and spend my morning on a sailboat talking about whales and sea otters kelp it was rough it was really was, hard was it difficult <laughs> scripts that you had to read or were you kind of just winging it every day well, I would like to say it's a little bit of both because, right. you know, unfortunately you can't uh, bribe the seals to give you a nice, you know, spectacular <laughs> show. jumping show and everything. Yeah. So oh. sometimes you've got a cute mom with her little baby sea otter out in the kelp and sometimes you've got a completely dead day with no oh. wildlife and you really got to make the most of it. But Oh, you know, yeah, still a lot of dead air. And you have those... Do you, well, do you ever have it when you did that? I bet you had a lot of larger people of larger stature, um, overweight people get upset. Did you wish a shark would bite them at that time, or did you keep that to yourself? 
no, 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 absolutely not. Oh my gosh, I would never wish that. But um, what's great is I never Sorry. actually, if you know enough, you never actually have the dead air time because you can right. actually make the soupy green seawater of Monterey Bay a really interesting story because the reason why it's green is because there's millions and millions and millions of little microscopic plankton that make it that color and you can talk for hours about that. Mm. And like what they do and oh wow. It's a cool area too. <laughs> you've, got, you've got material. Oh yeah. yeah uh, you can keep it going even on a dead day when you know a lot of the animals they, they're, they're just not in view. You can keep them going so where people are like you know what that was great. Right. Yeah. Did you see any fish? Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, uh, I think I did. The naturalist was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you could I always see. just point near the side and go, you just missed it. You just breached. <laughs> you missed it. See, I told you to look and just point around. Blowhole, it went off. You missed it. You missed it. Hey, um, Sage, so, yeah, you grew up in California. You went to the University of California, Santa Cruz, and you majored in uh, – I can't believe I don't have this in front of me. What did you major in? So I majored in, it's going to be long, so marine ecology and evolutionary biology. And I also, at the end of my undergraduate, did a focus on environmental policy and law. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and the reason why I did that is because all my life, you know, growing up on the coast of California, you kind of can't avoid the ocean and learning about all the amazing things that live in it. Right. But what I came to realize is that we can study as much as we want to about all of these amazing things and you know to the people who live with the ocean in their backyard it's very very important but it's hard to make that connection to someone who might not have ever seen the ocean in their life which you know unbelievably there's a lot of people that haven't yeah. uh, so um, I really became very interested in how that is communicated and how that's delegated on the Hill and in our federal government and in the legal mm. process. And that's what actually got me over to DC and working for Ocean Conservancy. So I've sort of still kept on the scientific path, but I'm targeting it in a less, you know, field research way and more of a trying to communicate it to decision makers to make the them powers understand. that be. Exactly, exactly. That's, that's really important yeah. work, too, especially with the, uh, you know, a lot of people, like you mentioned, that have never seen an ocean, they wouldn't understand uh, from an ecological standpoint the role that it plays, um, the environment, and, and kind of what that means and how everything's connected. And, you know, to get the, the powers that be, as John so eloquently yeah. said, to uh, understand I, that and pass things is, is, is amazing work. I mean, you're, you're a hero on the ground, in my opinion, doing that kind of oh, thing. Oh, well, I know. Because it's, it's quite an under, you know, it's like doing the dishes after Thanksgiving. You're like, where do I even start with this mess? Oh my gosh! Never gonna get it done. Like that a lot. I'm gonna use that. Yeah, I mean, oh, but it's awesome. And you know, I moved from Philadelphia, so you know, we grew up, Matt and I, in the same area. No, no ocean, but like two hours away on Jersey's coast. Um, but I moved down to Florida eight years ago. And it's cool because my friends who have, you know, little kids, they grow up with like, you know, gills basically. And, and I was jealous of that. I was like, ah, oh, they, they're, you know, they grow up with it and they learn how to respect it and take care of it. And I in Philadelphia didn't hear any of that growing up. So, yeah, I think it's good to get people, you know, into it right away when they're kids. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And that's, you know, something I don't get to do as much of a day-to-day basis now. But when I was working as a naturalist and I also did um, scientific outreach and communication and education when I was um, in my student job, when I was in my undergraduate at UCSC, um, was interacting with those people who were on a family vacation and the kids were seeing the ocean for the first time and couldn't believe how big it was and how sea stars walked with their little tube feet and explaining all of these amazing things that are pretty alien if you think about it with the animals we see on land. Um, It's a pretty special experience. Who was like the oldest person that was seeing the ocean for the first time? Like, was there, like, a really old person that, you know, never saw the ocean? Rumpelstiltskin. 90 years. You'd be surprised. Yeah, Yeah, I actually, um, I remember one time we had a school group, um, so there were a lot of chaperones that were with them, of course, and I think they were from Kansas, and they, yeah, and, you know, they took a trip out, and a lot of the adults who were, you know, middle-aged, probably anywhere from... 40 to 50, maybe like 60, who hadn't seen the ocean before. Um, And, you know, it's definitely, it was very bizarre to me, um, but it was very interesting and eye-opening to interact with them and, you know, yeah, have an adult see for the first time this, for me, very familiar, comfortable, common staple in my life your backyard it's kind of like watching a movie with someone like a movie you love with someone that's never seen it before and you're watching it again with somebody new and you're like oh yeah you're, you're getting this you're seeing like right. you know how great this is for the first yeah, time yeah exactly it makes sense it's amazing. Now, doesn't it so mm-hmm. i know we're up against the time here sage because um, you got you got some studies to do yeah uh, <laughs> and, but i wanted to reference a tweet that you tweeted on march 8th you said you you tweeted a picture of a hagfish, and co- and commented hagfish, fish with super slime keep keep me crazy excited about science. What in the world is a hagfish? I started doing research on it and I just got confused. <laughs> it's like this amazing eel that like I don't know can tie itself in a knot and and escape. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> so hagfish are my favorite ocean animal. And I love talking to people about hagfish because they are the best, in my personal opinion, the best thing in the ocean. Because, so they look like eels, but they actually aren't. They are a fish that's very long and have an eel-like body. Uh, They're almost completely blind, and they are jaw... Eye, right? Like their eye can't move. Yeah, so they they do have um, the ability to sense some photoreception, some light, but practically nothing they have nothing in comparison to our type of eyesight um and they don't have any jaws so they basically have a ring of teeth um which is very cool but it makes it very difficult to bite things so for us when we chew a hamburger the only reason why we can take a bite of that hamburger is we have a jaw they can't do that so what the, the reason, heck? <laughs> so the reason why they tie themselves in knots is that's actually how they take bites of things. So they have figured out what? a way <laughs> to tie the ends of their tail in a knot. And they're super slimy, like I referenced. And they actually slide that knot along the length of their body up to their head. 
And what they've done during this time is suction their mouth onto the side of a dead whale because they love eating dead things. Mm. And they Ooh. actually, once the knot reaches their head, they pull their heads through the knot and they rip a little hole out of and the side how, of that dead whale. And that's how they take bites out of food. Oh my God. Like that is evolution at its finest. At its absolute finest. And its defense mechanism is its super slime. So it secretes this. Like from Ghostbusters? Kind of, yeah. What? <laughs> I know. It's so great. They and look so like they... cute little lampreys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And so they secrete this mucus that when it reacts with seawater, actually triples in volume. Yeah. And a lot of, for a long time, science couldn't figure out, you know, what it was, if it was like inking and a distraction mechanism. But there's a video, it's a great video, of they put a camera on a little bait, um, bait bag where uh, these... Um, fish were feeding off of uh -huh. and it observed all of these predators sharks fish coming and swallowing these hagfish whole and oh. all of a sudden they realized that the mucus that they secreted was actually clogging the fish's gills and mouths and they couldn't physically swallow the hagfish so they would spit them out and just spit out all of these gobs and gobs of goo and the hagfish would swim away completely unfazed. They observed 24 attacks on this group of hagfish and none of them were successful. So they actually have this incredibly awesome super <laughs> slime that Whoa. keeps them alive. They like, cool. clog, they like clog the fish's arteries in one meal. And they're like, no, I'd rather not have a heart attack. Get out of me. Exactly. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. And it's so successful. In fact, a lot of people are looking at how that slime does that for things like um, biomedical research. I was just going to say, you know, like how can this save us? Like that, that <laughs> mucus is like, you know, superhuman strength or something. Yeah, we don't know yet, but we're definitely looking into it. It's like how a garter snake has that secretion that keeps you know predators away. The smelling really bad. These guys is doing a little bit better. It's a little more evolved. We're kind of like how if I want to keep this guy from sitting next to me uh, at a store, I just don't shower for two days. Or wait, I can take that back for it. Sage, we know time is of the essence, but I wanted to uh, ask you. Um, and maybe John has another question, but before you go, it, it is shark week and I do have to mention, um, uh, our love of sharks here on the podcast yes. and how incredibly, uh, great we know they are and respect them. Is there anything you can tell us about sharks this week for shark week, you know, why they're important and why people should care? Oh gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, I know there's a million things, but if you want to mention, <laughs> I know, um, Probably the one thing I would say that I used to tell people a lot about sharks, especially people that were afraid of sharks, is that, um, you know, we stereotypically think of sharks being really only a few species out of almost 400 species of sharks in the world that are, you know, man-eating and aggressive and these super bloodthirsty hunters. Mm -hmm. um, but they really aren't, and actually a lot of species are not like that at all. Um, like the whale shark, for example, yes. who is a filter feeder and feeds on plankton. Um, and you see those beautiful pictures of divers swimming next to them. And there's such diversity and such amazing animals that have been on this planet for millions of years. And um, we practically know nothing about a lot of them. 
and it's a shame that they get a bad reputation um, from a very select few species that can be aggressive. Um, so I would just encourage people that before you judge, <laughs> really make sure that you take some time to learn about these animals and how interesting they are and how important they are to our oceans, ecosystems, and keeping our planet healthy. It's amazing. Perfectly said, I think. Incredible. Yeah, and, and just a few of those species that have caused incidents. I mean, the, the probability of, of even one of them in an encounter uh, hurting somebody is astronomically uh, low for it. it, it it's, the right. chances are in your favor that it's not going to happen. It happens. You know? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you have a better chance of getting killed by ants. <laughs> yeah, no, there's some incredible statistics. You know, you're more likely to die in a toilet seat accident yeah. than you are oh. for getting bit by a shark or getting struck by lightning or your washing yes. machine exploding, you know. They've got a whole bunch of really fun ones, but it's so incredibly, like you said, astronomically small chance that oh. you do get attacked by these sharks. Um, so even though it does get advertised in the news a lot, um, it's very small chance that it happens to you. And it's their home anyway, you know? It's yeah. their yeah. home. If somebody I didn't know coming to my house, I I might bite them. Actually, yeah, if they no came in close. On, get out. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're swimming up on land and you know coming right, to right. to Fridays and hit. I mean, come on, it's it's their home. Have a little respect. Yeah, no, I mean that's always something. It's the same way when you go hiking out in the woods by yourself, or if you're in yeah. any wild environment, you always need to be aware that there are wild animals, and to be as aware and safe as you possibly can be. Yeah, beautifully said, uh, Sage. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, and thank you so much for your time, and it was great chatting with you guys. Can I can I plug your Twitter at Sage Melser at Twitter? Oop, just did of it. Of course. And. Um, <laughs> Please uh, follow the Ocean Conservancy at Our Ocean on Twitter, and um, obviously check out all the updates and donate online at oceanconservancy.org. And you guys have a really cool pop-up of a shark this week, yeah. which I love. Um, oh yeah, it's really fun. The digital sure. team is magical. I don't know how they do it. It's amazing. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> love you guys. Love Ocean Conservancy, and thank you so much Thanks, for Sage. being on the show. Thank you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. That's great. It's great. Sage melts. Sage the sage. I think that went pretty well, huh? Oh, great. She's great. She was fun. I was almost like, yo, she seems to be into really, really cool stuff. Yeah. And I would like to just like have her back to just BS about evolution and, and sharks and, you know. And to knock Biscardi down a peg or two about his thoughts on climate change. <laughs> uh, All right. Incredible. Well, that, that was, was fun. Sage. We kept her on for a little more than 10 minutes, which she said she could only do, which I knew we would. Had to. Had to. I had, yeah. She, there was, and I only got to like half of the questions that we had here for her, but I tried to jump around to the good ones. And I'm so glad I for randomly picked that, twi that tweet about the hagfish. That was good. Yeah, the hagfish. I had to, I had to Google what that was. I, didn't, I wasn't <laughs> aware of the hagfish. I thought I was going to see, a, you know, Roseanne Barr with fins or something like that. I didn't know it was going to be, but it was, yeah, it was legit. The old hagfish. The old hagfish. The bagfish. Went but, to the University of California, Santa Cruz. I love what I love about her is it's she's obviously very good at what she does and very passionate, and uh, it's just cool to hear someone that cares so much. You know, that's it's like it's she, doing something they love. She lived by the ocean and learned about how great it was, 
and then saw the rest of the country not knowing how great it was. So then she was like, screw this. I'm going to D.C. I'm running this to the top of the flagpole. Yeah, running this up, up the chain, up the ladder. Whoever's yeah. There. We just got a cease and desist from Motion Conservancy. Do not use our name or likeness oh, in oh. any – no, I'm kidding. <laughs> They're cool, man. I want to give another special shout-out to them for Shark Week. I mean, you, John, you were phenomenal in setting this all up and, and just their uh, – willing to come on and support the uh, the week and the show and, and talk about it. It's great stuff. Hell yeah, man. I, I say this is a, a victory over all those teachers and principals that told me I'd never amount to I'd never amount to anything. And you can <laughs> even eat that crow a little bit more, teachers, in November when we have Al Sharpton on the program for Dark Week. It's oh, going to no. get a little wild up there. And then we're going to have um, two animals come in for Arc Week. A week after that, I'm going to do one more of this ridiculous pun joke, and then we can wrap it to bed, and I'll do a tweet us, and we'll hang out and talk a little bit more. You can always talk about the Aubrey species in Bark Week. Talking we'll about also, trees next week. We'll, All right, I'm done. We'll also bring in Jon Snow, Sansa, Arya, Robert, Catelyn, and Ned Stark for we- Stark Week. <laughs> oh. Well. Um, but yeah, tweet what's us. What's going on for the Yeah, Tweet us. Tweet us. Did you see this Red Cross poster? Uh-uh. Oh. Well, is it, is it good or is it shameful? American Red Cross apologizes for poster that some found uh, racist. And I go, oh, here we go. Oh, here we then go. I looked at the picture. Hold on. Let me let me pull it up. It's like, be cool. Follow the rules. Follow Wait, the rules. It, it was one of these things where you thought everyone's overreacting. And then you saw yeah. it and you said, no, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I, I thought, who drew this? Like, And I don't even understand the one thing. I don't know what the kid is doing to not be cool. Because there's examples of someone being cool at the pool. And then there's examples of kids being not cool at the pool. So not it's cool. Red Cross pool rules. And um, all not cool people are black or Hispanic. I can't, I can't find it yet. I went to three news sites, ABC <laughs> News, Fox, and CNN, and I don't see it yet. I can message message it to you here on the face. Please message me on the face. But yeah, it's um, there's a one black kid diving. It says not cool. There's another black kid that's just kind of like, I don't oh here it is. I don't know what he's doing. Then another is a little black girl pushing a girl into the pool. Again. Wait, this is the cartoon one, right? Yes. All right, let's see here. So be it's cool, follow diving. the rules. Not cool is a black kid diving. Not cool is a black girl pushing a white. Person in not cool is a is that a Hispanic guy with the beer or he's like sunglasses? You know, yeah. It's if like, they were to just switch one of those um, African American right. cartoons with a white guy, you could get away with it. But the fact that one, two, three, four, five of them, or uh, all the, all of the not cools are minorities and the cools are the whites. That's racist. Yep. It's or that's a, little... a really big oversight on somebody's somebody fucked up. That's yeah. Like was someone trying too hard to include every race, but then like forgot about evening out being not cool. And what's the point? Why is Red Cross uh, doing cartoons about following rules by at the swim club? I guess. I mean, they, they attend to like hurricanes. To save... and, you know, <laughs> so there was a shooting. The Red Cross is there. Why? Why are we? 9/11. 
Why are they preaching about um, 9-11? Why are they preaching about the swim club? Yeah, and, and why is there a whale in it? They're not... <laughs> the whale lifeguard. There's so many things wrong with this. And the whale's flying. The whale's <laughs> flying, by the way. Uh, although the lifeguard's black. So maybe that's like they're saving grace. On the right-hand side, there's an African-American lifeguard. It'd be funny if that lifeguard was like smoking a cigarette and it was like another not cool smoking on the job. Well, she's not really watching him. It looks like she's looking at the other black girl pushing the Asian girl into the pool. That might be the scenario. How many people have seen this that it got – like where was this posted at? Mm. Well, I ripped it from John Sawyer's uh, Twitter, who I don't even know who that is. Um, But he had 1,400 likes. Well, see, this is where – this was found in a pool in Salida, Colorado. So I, I I think it's racist and that pool should take it down. But the fact that this made national attention is kind of stupid. I mean, it's a swim club in Colorado. It's pretty funny, the, the comments here. One guy writes, how the F is this racist? And the other, other person goes, the white kids are behaving while the colored ones are mainly breaking the rules. That's right. racist, dummy. That is racist. <laughs> <laughs> that is racist. This is a racist uh, painting, though. Yeah. It, it is, is racist. I, I mean, I looking know, at it. I need to know who was the artist. Like, how has that news not come out yet? Who was the artist who put this together? This has to be old. This, I mean, this looks like it's from, like, the 70s. Right. It does. It this can't like it be new. This is, I mean, it's like a faded. I bet they had this hanging around, like, forever, and they put it up. Because it's all, like, faded out, like, sun-bleached. Yeah, they were like, oh, let's do a throwback pool rules. Yeah. Like, be cool, follow the rules. Like, that's a new concept. No, like in the 70s, that was like, right. Ooh, be cool, rules. stay in school. Yeah, right. What's next? Just say yeah. no. At the pool. Right. <laughs> Crazy. Just say no. That is, can. It is quite racist. Yeah, I, I just love the floating whale. Yeah, right. The floating lifeguard whale. But there's also two, like, human Whistle. lifeguards. Like, he's just, like, an addition to the two lifeguards watching five people in the pool. We got this whale hanging out, too, to jump in. The whale's got the... Uh, the whistle. The whistle that has the Red Cross logo on it. And it's funny, if you notice the one white guy uh, with cool, he has, like, his little kid in there. And it doesn't seem... It seems like it's just a bunch of kids. Yeah. And this guy has, like... This kid has, like, a baby. <laughs> There's a kid having a kid. That's not cool. Like I don't understand two of them. There, there's a there's a black gentleman jumping off, diving off the diving board, diving off of the diving board, and it says not cool. I thought that's what you're supposed to do. There's the ginger right by him. He's about to smash her. There's a See? okay. See what about the other black kid on the other side? It says not cool. I, what is he doing? He's not doing anything. Is he peeing? I really have no, like. Is he eating something? It looks like something's happening in his mouth. You know what's not cool is that white girl on her back kicking around and not watching where she's going. That's fucking not cool. Create yeah, splashes who, who by that little back? kid's head. Look, she's by that little kid's head. That's how people get hurt. That's not cool. And what about the two interracial couple in the be- in the you know far end? That's not Something cool. Something is going on there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's an interracial couple. <laughs> Uh, it, I don't know. It, it but what, like of, why aren't they? Why aren't those two kids cool in the back? Because they're running. I guess. Yeah. Right. They're running. It's dangerous. It's, it's wet. Yeah. You're not supposed to run. 
It's interesting. Uh, I just saw like the headline. Uh, Red Cross racist. I was like, what? The Red Cross is being accused of being racist? Sounds like Red Menace by Marge Shot. Who's who's overreacting now? Oh, maybe not. What a strangely peculiar poster. I want to. I want to spoof this. I don't think enough people would appreciate it, but I want to. I want to Photoshop it. Right. I, I want to add to it. I want to change it. And put like really not cool, like a guy loading an Uzi. <laughs> ISIS hanging out like in the corner. Right. Not a, cool at all. A kid selling heroin to a young to the guy <laughs> and his baby. Make them all white. Yeah. Crazy. That's wild, man. I know. It's Red Cross. Twitter. At the underscore podcast, Scardy couldn't be with us tonight, but uh, we hope to get another show in the week. We're releasing all the uh, segments from the 24-hour podcast for Shark Week uh, every day this week, so we're excited for this. We're excited for that. A little bit of John, a little bit of Matt. The uh, first one, I believe, Monday or tonight, I guess you'll throw that out tonight at some point. Um or maybe tomorrow. Uh, I think it was Brett Katzen, our movie Katzen. man, the movie review, the cinematic addict. He joined us first. Yes, excited for Katzen, man. Love, love to hear that show back. He's always a a welcome guest on the program. Yes. So, right. any other racist posters out there? Sadly, no. no. Um, she, I, you know, there was other things I wanted to get to with her, and one I of know. them was anthropogenic noise pollution and its effects on chromis chromis. <laughs> Is that when the uh, Navy submarines do the sonar testing with the whales? <laughs> I don't know. Anthropogenic. What the heck does that even mean? I don't know, uh, but I know they... But it affects this certain fish called chromis chromis. <laughs> anthropogenic. I'm going to Google it. See, if we had Sage on here, she could go all into that with her. She had such a good speaking voice, don't you think? Very great. Yeah. yeah I listened to like, it all day. I, like, forgot. I was like, oh, yeah, I got I to gotta ask another question. You know what uh, it sounded like? One of the better made, um, you know, like Disney Earth and all that, when they have, like, a female voiceover that's like, yes, the, you know. On the ride. Right. The Colorado mountain lion is also seen running through with its young here. But far off in the distance, like I could listen all day to it. Yes. It wasn't like, hey, speaking of hagfish, listen to my voice. <laughs> I know. I've never heard anyone describe hagfish so beautifully. So eloquently. Uh, of relating to or resulting from the influence of human beings on nature. So yeah. you're probably right with the Navy thing that they're doing. They're well, I don't know. If, how do you spell chromis chromis? Chromis chromis. <laughs> how do you spell it? But it's got to be said like that. Chromis, chromis. If somebody's like, it's chromis, chromis, you're like, no, 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 please, no, no. Photographs of animal at the gift shop. No, no. Yeah, you have to pronounce it chromis, chromis. Chromis, chromis. C-H-R-O-M-I-S. Oh, it was one letter off. Chromis. Chromis, chromis. I don't know what it is. Chromis, chromis. It's also called something else, like damselfish, which is a damn distress. Like I see it's called damselfish, but I think it's more fun to call it Chromis Chromis. <laughs> this fish is just like not having a good life. Oh, yeah. Poor guy. I know. Then. It's cute. Her, uh, her LinkedIn provided most of this stuff. Um, Journey. This was in 2009. It was titled Journey Through Fire. 
Mm. When I was in high school, a friend of mine was in a terrible accident and was electrocuted by 21 kilovolts of electricity and was hospitalized for a month, for months. I wanted to know, was it a lightning bolt or did she, or did he get... Oh, yeah, I read that in her bio you sent to me. I, I Googled it. it. It's She raised the money that's still like the charity still kind of going on today to pay what? for the... Or at least for a couple of years after the post, they were still like doing it. Oh, yeah. A group of friends and I who witnessed the accident organized a benefit concert to help pay for her family's hospital bills. In the end, we ended up with raising twenty-five grand towards his medical expensive expenses. After Jacob was out of the hospital, the journey of fire comes, project comes. still continued to reach out and support burn victims and give presentations from schools. Dude, she is a. Um, What's the word? Superstar. Uh, yeah, but like a go-getter. Know, a go-getter, but just uh, somebody that should be running. Somebody that should be in D.C. A humanitarian you know? of great proportions. It's a good thing yeah. that people from our generation are starting to flood into Washington D.C. Yeah, you're going to see them change things up. The old, yeah. the old balls and the old rules aren't going to be swinging as loosely anymore when <laughs> we get in there and start shaking it up with all that holly gully. Start chopping. Yeah. Out with the old, in with the gold. You're starting to see more of that. You see, I watch, you know, uh, on the news, there's, like, more younger senators getting elected, and even, you know, you're seeing, like, a lot of the old guys. Because those guys hold on forever. Oh, I know. You can't get them out. You can't get them out. You're seeing more people come in. It's going to shake things up. I think what indicated it to me, and even though none of them are connected, it still kind of is in just a human way. When Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel became like the night, to, you know, like the Tonight Show was Good Jimmy call. Fallon. He's not that yeah. much older than me. You know, it's always been an old guy. Now it's like a young dude. So it's right. going to just keep changing everywhere. Yeah, it was like Leno for like 30 years. You know? Exactly. Johnny Carson before him. Yeah. Another old guy. Another old guy. Ed Sullivan before him. <laughs> Theater. <laughs> Theater. What else is going on, man? What's going on there in Florida? Anything juicy spiking up? I wanted to – another thing I wanted to ask her about was um, that that thing that I read on the last show, on a couple shows ago. Um, I guess the one that Katie Carrado's on. Uh, we talked about that Al J, that gross – Oh, yeah. – in uh, – St. Lucie County, but uh, again, time. here it is. Blue-green algae starting to creep into PBC. This is, again, the story again today. More. More info on this crap. Is that on the, that's on the west coast of Florida or the east coast? It's on the east. <laughs> I, think, I think it's on the east. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. no. Ah, ah, ah. Hold on. St. Lucie. Palm Beach, man. I, I think it has to be the east. Why would they be reporting on the west coast? Yeah, I don't know. So that algae's kind of creeping up on on the on the town. A slimy, spooky substance called blue-green algae is making <laughs> prominent shoreline appearance. The worst ever, some experts say. Jeez. Crumbs, yeah. crumbs. Treasure Coast beaches and even creeped its way south into Jupiter. Dude, that's 40 minutes north of me. I don't want this algae. Oh, yeah. You got to clean that up, man. Oh, what am I going to do? How do you clean this crap? What's going on with the private canals in Boynton Beach? Are those getting cleaned up? What are we doing there? Ooh, yeah, that is... There's a feud going on there, man. It's, it's been is more there? than 40 years, yeah. What do you mean? 
We'll see, John. Let me tell you about Boynton Beach. Residents mm-hmm. complain that since the city stopped providing the service to clean them up, the vegetation along these canals have overgrown to the point that boats can't even get through them. What? Wildlife can walk on the waterway, and there are swarms of mosquitoes. Uh, what? They can walk on the waterway? They can walk on water? Yeah, I'm actually uh, obviously so bullshitting gross. that I know this. I'm clearly reading this, but th- that's disgusting. They can walk on the canal because of all the shit that's on top of it. You know what, dude? There are a bunch of private But canals beaches. are sick. Yeah, but still. Canals are gross anyway. I don't know anyone that likes a canal. I mean, it's just stagnant. Like, it, they're, yeah. they're awful. I they, lived on a canal, and I fished in it a couple times, and I caught the fish. And some of them I could have eaten, but I didn't. But you did I couldn't see two inches into that water. Ah, it's so gross. It's brown. I was they like, have them oh, here. Yeah, I live on a canal. Oh, I live on the water, kind yeah. of. Kind of. It's Florida. It's but, cool. Um, no, it's bad. Uh, there's a bunch of private beaches here. Um, and you can tell which ones are private and which ones aren't because the jerks, the rich snobs that own these this property, they don't clean their beach. And there's vines growing Aww. from the land into the water. Aww. Like, pretty soon the beach will be gone and it'll just be like a jungle. That's gross. Probably choking some of the fish in there. Lazy boomers. These lazy boomers. <laughs> Too bad they, they started off in the textile industry in the 70s. <laughs> they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. So what counties below you, below Palm Beach? I'm trying because I watch a lot of cops. I feel like I should know the area more. What's below Palm Beach? Is it Broward? Broward. Okay. Broward's the hot one where they got all the the bad guys. Broward's where like Pompano, Fort Lauderdale. That's okay. Pompano Beach. And then Miami Dade. Yeah. Miami Wade. And I don't know what's below that. <laughs> the Keys. Keys. Uh, Monroe County. I think. Sugarloaf Key. I think it's Monroe County. Yeah, Sugarloaf. Big Torch. Yes. So deer they, Key. Mind yeah, deer, the limit. Do you know what a, a key deer is? Yeah, those little baby deer. Yeah. They're I had cute. no idea. Yeah, they're like, door, they're like donkeys, but deer. And they're like heavily protected. Like you'll get thrown in jail if you hit one. There's huge fences all up, uh, you know, the road where they live on the ride down to Key West. It's probably pretty good for everybody too. People sure. don't want deer getting hit all over the road. Uh, it's like, you know, it's just like a one-lane road too. That would be a hell of a cleanup. Afterwards, you can drink some beer at Louis' backyard, perhaps at Bahama Mamet. Captain Tony's then take your pants off at Mallory <laughs> Square. <laughs> And then drive back and stop at Hog Heaven for the evening. <laughs> and use the toiletries there if you need to. Or don't. Or don't. You may catch something. I want to also mention... <laughs> or don't. We have, uh, later on the week, we have some other folks from Ocean Conservancy coming on the show. Yes. Um, we have a political analyst coming on. And uh, I'm just we have such a good... You did such a great job putting this together. We have such a good... Uh, like plethora of people in different backgrounds for Shark Week. It would be really interesting to see what we can get out of them. Yeah, I know. A political analyst. I'm really interested in that because, you know, normally we'll have people on the show like Kanan. 
you don't really want to get into politics. Like I, I was no. thinking about it with Sage, but I'm like, nah, we're having fun. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. But this guy's a political analyst, so what else can we talk to him about? That would be funny if we asked him, like, hey, can you tell us about the green energy solutions in the, the government? And he'll go, nope, don't want to talk politics. Let's talk about the Mets. And we'll be like, but we don't even know if you're from New York. Uh, no, it's good. It'll be great. So, Boynton Beach, according to the Sun Sentinel, Boynton Beach is asking the county to clean up the canal cleanup. So, they want the uh, county to pay That's for great. it. That's great. Good. I'm really glad. I didn't know that at all, but I always used to look at the canals here and think, oh, I mean, the water just goes in and goes out. It goes in, it goes out. It doesn't, like, flow through. You know what I mean? It doesn't go anywhere. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like a... sitting still. It's like a gutter runoff. Like, it kind of just ditches out yeah. the bottom and splashes. And it just kinda. becomes muck. Becomes muck. What about what else in, is, uh... the entertainment world? Oh, yes. What's happening there? Well, uh, it wasn't BET last night, apparently. Yeah. Uh, they did a Prince tribute, obviously, because, I mean... Was he black? Everybody's got to do it. Prince? <laughs> Just kidding. I think. Um, kind of iffy. But other than that, I don't really know what happened at the BET Awards, which I, I still believe, since the first time I heard it, I was like, that's racist. Why do they have their own channel? And someone would say, well, everybody, every other channel is white entertainment television. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's not called that. And if we went and called the show white entertainment television, Ugh. oh, my goodness, there'd be pickets. Can you imagine? Yeah, I always thought that was kind of weird, BET. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's fine. It's just yeah. like, but it's just strange that it's not really frowned upon you know people didn't make a big deal it's just different i guess it makes sense right the fuck am i talking about no i i got you it's it's fine it's just bt awards 2016 best and worst moments you want to go over these let's do it oh hey what the (laughs) what was with the question (laughs) to sage when you said well maybe if there was a real fat person you hoped that a shark would come and eat them do you like that no, no, I was asking. She was talking about um, how there were some days uh, she wouldn't see any fish in the water. People would be, like, kind of complaining. And I was like, do you ever wish there was, like, somebody, no, that was complaining that was a little bit of larger stature that was complaining, and he just leaned over and a shark bit him? And she's like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, you know, we're kidding. That was so funny. I was like, what is he doing? Oh, gosh, what just died on me here? Um, I'll take over the nose from here, John, to the BET Awards. Beyonce win big, wins big and performs her song Hold Up during the brief appearance of the BET I Awards. I can't. I can't do Beyonce. Kendrick Lamar performed, it looks like. He's on top of the game, man. He's the best. He's the best. He's, he's the best, and if I had money to spare to buy an album, I would buy his right now. Oh, yeah. He's great. He is on top of the game. What I love about him too is he's like um he's another Dr. Dre protege, you know? He's in that same yes. category with Eminem. I mean he's not as good or as, as he still has a long way to go. He's still you know right. young in his career. But he's up there with uh like on the road of like that Eminem was on and, and uh mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, man, I think today And Fitty. And Fitty. Uh he's he's in that class. And it's weird, I think today Eminem wouldn't have been as big as he was. Um, if he came out today, he still would have been like great, but 
he came in at like the right time. I mean, he's the best rapper of all time. But he also came in right before like Napster destroyed like you know buying CDs. People oh, still bought yeah. a lot of CDs. Yeah. Um, I think if he came out today, a lot of people would be very like they wouldn't tolerate like you know the rants and the gay slurs um, as much as they did back then. I know because you know? it's cool weird? to like shun that now. Back then, it was like cool to be different. Right, because nobody was talking about it. Right. To now we're talking about it and we're more offended by it. <laughs> right. So people would have been like, no, he's got to go. Like he'd be dropped by his label kind of thing if it wasn't like Dre. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Because they, they can't did. do that today because companies don't want to get, you know, they're worried about the backlash. So they'll just drop you. Right. So, you know, like if he came out today, they'd be like, nope, this, you know, Wells Fargo is not, or Wachovia Center, it's not, what was it, Wells Fargo? We're not going to host Eminem because we don't, nope, can't agree with it. You know, like he wouldn't be able to uh, go anywhere. His anti, you know, homo rants and his anti-women yeah. rants. And it's weird because even then in like 98, I was like, oh, this guy is just, he's purposely pushing you. Yeah. Just oh, he didn't mean he, it. Just because he finds words that rhyme and he knows it'll get attention. Like it was so interesting to watch people react and it's like it's perfect. reacting because he's so good at what he does. And he's saying those things because he knows you're going to react to it. Yeah, you're Dude, talking about him now. It. Hook, line, and shady. <laughs> Game of Thrones season finale ended last night in easily the greatest episode of the whole entire series. It was unbelievable how many, good, huh? how many like payoffs there were. You know, things that have been set up since like season one. Oh. They pay off just so many... Just it was, it was epic, in the proper use of the word. Oh well, yeah, I saw. You're right. I saw a lot of feeds on that on social media. A lot of people were chittering and chattering about it. Oh yeah. They want more. You think it was the best? You've watched every season. It was it the best episode. It's the best episode. It was like an hour and nine minutes, and it just wow. It was from the get go. Just there was times where I was standing up, going, "What? what? Oh, that good, huh? Yeah." And Heather's going, "Shut up." <laughs> Shut up, babe. <laughs> Shut up. Jesse Williams. Who is that? Racism at BET Awards. That's right. He was... Grey's Anatomy. He was... He was in Grey's Anatomy. Or he yeah. is in Grey's they, Anatomy. He was making a lot of headlines because he said, you know, sit down if you're not going to talk about racism and give ideas or something like that. He, I, I saw a few posts from him. On Sunday, uh, Jesse Williams took the stage at the BET Awards to accept an honor for Humanitarian of the Year. But the award was not for him, as the former public school teacher, Gray's Anatomy Breakout and Advancement Project board member explained in his politically charged speech. This is for the real organizers all over the country, the activists, the civil rights attorneys, and struggling parents and families, the teachers of students that are realizing that a system built to divide and impoverish and destroy us cannot stand if we do. So, wow, he just uh, gave that award to Sage Melser. She's, you know, the activists. She was the one that's paying it forward. A house died, divided against itself cannot stand. That's right. Williams then paid homage to the unsung heroes in the crusade against system, systemic racism. The black women who have spent their lifetimes dedicated to nurturing everyone before themselves. We can and will do better for you. I know, man. We gotta like start over. Yeah, we gotta reset the clocks. Yeah, the mentality lot, has to like start over. A lot of this has to do with 
the election year and Trump, how he's brought out all these racists that we never thought were, or we knew were there, but were just quiet. I won't get into politics. I don't really want to get into Trump, but it's uh, it, that's what it's from, you know. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, good Coming for that out, guy. telling that. Had no idea. Solidarity, brother. Solidarity. Remember when the revolution hits, the podcastles a friend, motherfuckers. <laughs> We're a big friend. You want to put tonight in the W column? Flash. Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Heather actually started uh, Breaking Bad tonight. Season one. Oh, she just started it? Oh, yeah. It's on... Top, um, top three. It's on... Um, AMC. But it's on Sundance, too, right? Didn't they just start playing those? Oh, maybe. I don't know. But she's watching it on Netflix. Sundance. Who watches Sundance? I know. <laughs> oh, you're like, it's on AMC, oh. Matt, the channel that it was popular for. I'm like, but it's also on Logo TV at 4 a.m. <laughs> it's also on FXXX. I love that. FXX. Just keep going. Hey, don't before we go, don't you love the uh, the shows that you get really into and the television? I mean, this is every network ever, but the ones that play like kind of obscure movies or movies they don't play once in a while that they know you love, like Ghostbusters 2 yeah. or Grandma. And because they know you got nowhere else to watch it, every three minutes there's like eight commercials. Oh, yes. I mean, you know how you expect commercials with any show, but there's those ones that they put in like too many and they know it and you know it, but you're yes. watching it anyway. Yes, and and then they will, they'll come back from commercial and almost like recap what you just saw, and then show you a minute of new footage, and then commercials again. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go back to the, the scene before, right? And we'll give you new ones. Like I saw that where they should be showing maybe like three commercials in a half an hour. They're showing like four. Like you can tell they crowbarred in like a whole other thing in order to space it out. They're closer together. Oh yeah, because it's ad money. Like you know, it's a you know you get it, but it's just. But it's always those ones that you, you want to watch. Right. And you're so right. They, oh, It's like literally, I think literally, it's every 10 minutes. It's oh, yeah. Like on the six-minute mark, it'll just start every commercial break. Super close. Yeah. I'm trying to watch Gremlins too. Nope. Yeah. You're going to watch a commercial? About... It, took me, it took me four hours. You know what I love too is uh, Pandora commercials because they don't have a way to dem- – they. I'm sure they do have a way, but they just there's I guess there's not enough of them. They can't demographically tailor like YouTube can tailor the commercials to all right, right. you're watching videos on Fox News and CNN, we're gonna show you a Mercedes commercial. You're watching, you know, family guy stuff, we're gonna show you commercials on like something your age or for kids beer. or right. Beer you know, Sam Adams. But Pandora doesn't like have those analytics yet. So I hear I put on Pandora in the morning when I'm getting ready, and I and it's like you know Dr. Dre, Eminem. Oh, nice! And I hear the commercials every morning. Once for yeast infections because I have those, Yo! and the other is for Planned Parenthood in West Hollywood because you know as a gay man I need to get tested apparently. Um, but every morning I'm like laughing. I'm like you were really wasting who's ever you know. Ad dollars, whatever company's giving you their ad dollars, you're just blowing them on anything. Yeah, you know? right. Like that. That's. So I am not bad. your audience. Like, there's these big companies paying for like just a. There's like no. There's no study behind it. No, it's terrible. They're, 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 nobody at Pandora says, "Okay, here's who's listening to these artists. These are rap. Let's play them like an Xbox commercial or something." But no, I go from yeah. keep your motherfucking heads ringing to do you have a yeast infection? Yeah. Do you have? Do you have blottage issues? 
nine out of ten women do. <laughs> and so I'm nine like, nine out of ten women who listen to Dr. Dre do. Right. I'm like, really? This is your market here? Right. What a waste. Pandora. <laughs> that is so bad. I don't listen to Pandora. I don't no. listen to music in the morning. I listen to sports talk. I yeah. need like rain on one track. I listen to sports when I eat breakfast. You know, like I need to have like that going on for me. Yeah. Because music is a whole other like dichotomy. You need to yeah. be like out of the zone. Right. Like ready to unwind or start up or whatever. Yeah. You're just trying yeah, to get yeah, the yeah. get the batteries stuff to spark just, and insert it. You need to have some sports. Juice flowing. Yeah, it's just just like, you're like as light as I can get without getting angry listening to other people talk about a topic. Yeah. Right. You know, like it's just a dumb game. The sports fun, funny guys are, you know, analyzing. Oh yeah. Mets won last night. The fucking Mets. So, you guys gonna go to the Marlins game this weekend? No. Why would we? Oh, I don't know. I just assume that's what everyone in South Florida does is head to see the old Marlins down at the ballpark. Actually, only about two thousand people a game go. <laughs> is, is it that low? Is it low? It's. I don't think they crack ten ever. Oh wow. Unless like, still amazingly because they suck the the Yankees, and they're in town or like the Red Sox because they're good. They beat the Cubs three out of four games this weekend. They're in, like, the wild card hunt. Yeah, I saw that. Stupid Marlins. I read those. Wait, so when those teams are in town, then capacity is, like, doubled? Uh, yeah, yeah. When, like, the, the big city or the, the teams that are doing good are in town, the, the ticket sales double. I think I might have mentioned that. When I went to San Diego, there were more Dodgers fans than Padres oh, fans. Dude, I got my sweet... Tank top. Oh, did you get it? And the awesome cups. Oh, that wasn't supposed to arrive till Friday. An early surprise. Sweet, sweet plastic Dodgers cups that I will. That was a concession for the lateness of the of the, the pods. Uh, that's so funny, man. Because the um, when I went to the Padres Dodgers game in San Diego, when the Dodgers like saved a play or scored or hit, or they, there was really no scoring in the game when they hit. There were more applause for the Dodgers. I was like, it feels like you're in Dodger Stadium. And there was actually, let's go Dodgers, let's go, you know, all around. And there were none of that for the Padres. That's weird. There were people with Dodgers flags. Because L.A. Dodgers fans, they're very into, like, L.A. fans are into flags, which is stupid. But Are they? I mean, like, the big flags. They had flags at the restaurant sitting outside waiting to go what? into the stadium, like a Dodgers flag. And me being the ham was like, we got some more Angelinos in here. What's going on? <laughs> you know, like making it sound like I'm with them because they're like the right. biggest dudes there. So if anything happens, I'm, I'm safe. I'm a Dodgers fan too. Yeah. But there yeah. were people going like, you know, let's go L.A. and doing Dodgers chants. And not just a few. Like it was it was loud. There were more blue, Dodger blue than Padres blue in the stadium. And I just thought this is so sad. This is, is not a baseball town. Right, and L.A. is not really known to be, like, a baseball town. Well, they, it's, like, were, but then they aren't. I don't know. I'll tell you what it is. It's not. It's, it's, it's Mexican people love the Dodgers, and because there's so many in California, the Dodgers are, like, synonymous. That's, like, their team. Right. Like, people – I've seen a lot of Mexican people with, like, the L.A. tattoo on their face oh, or yeah. their neck. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, like, a big thing, so that's what it yeah. is. And all the people uh, – it's funny, Heather's grandfather, he's like 87 or something, 
he despises the Los Angeles Dodgers because he goes, there, there is only one Dodgers, the Brooklyn Dodgers. There's only one Dodgers. And I had your and LA Dodgers that you gave me. I had it on that day, and Heather was like, you might want to take that off. Wait, which of the Dodgers shirts? Brooklyn Dodgers fan, and when they moved, it like broke his heart, and it, and it and it ended up making him a Mets fan. I was like, oh, oh horror. horrible! Is is that an LA shirt you have? No, no. Well, it, it is. Yes, it's from Louisiana. I'm a big fan of the Crimson Tide. That's, that's Alabama. Uh, look, look over there, it's a squirrel. Yeah, man. You know, it's cool. The uh, it used to be the New York Giants and the Brooklyn Dodgers, and they both moved to California. The Philadelphia Athletics and the Philadelphia Athletics and. Um, the reason that the the Mets colors are New York's colors, which is orange and blue, and the Giants adopted the orange as part of that part of New York, and the Dodgers took the blue as that part. So it's like a splinter color of New York. Oh. I clearly have a lot of time on my hands. Why don't you reach down and pull out some of these Jimmy Crack cords, my arthritis? Iceland stages epic England uh, upset over in, in this weird, oh, the European Championship soccer tournament that's going on. I still, there's like these two Jelly. soccer tournaments going on, and I can't follow them. It's tough. I don't know what's going, I don't know which one is which. There's the European, then there's the Copa America. I don't know what it is, but Iceland knocks off England to get to the finals, which Good for is them. pretty amazing considering Iceland's the size of, you know, Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. A little Reykjavik coming in there. Amazing. And um, the standings? Sports recap. I forgot to announce it. We're in the bosom of it. (laughs) Uh, Nothing really. Everything has stayed the same. Dodgers still seven and a half behind the Giants. Aye. And uh, this might be one of the worst records for the West since 2005. The uh, NBA free agency starts uh, July 1st, I think. Dude, how excited are you that we have a four-day or three-day weekend? Jazzed. I, could, I didn't know July 4th fell on a Monday. I just found that out today. Yeah. <laughs> Luck <found> Yesterday. <laughs> I found out today. I was like, Heather's like, what are we doing the weekend of July 4th? And I'm like, well, when is it? And she's like, well, it's Monday. I'm like, what? What? That's amazing. And it's like the best holiday, too, next to Christmas because it's right in the middle of summer. Yes. There's always a day off. It's celebratory. It's patriotic. Yes. And what do we do? Drink beer and watch the Patriot. You <laughs> watch the Patriot. Every, every 4th of July, I fire it up. Well, every 4th of July, you know what I watch? Independence Day. Repeat all day long. Jaws. Oh, right, of course. We yes. did a show last 4th of July. Yes! we got to do another one for Shark Week. During Jaws. Yeah. We'll cap off the uh, 24-hour podcast week with, with a little, little Jaws. Grand finale. Grand finale. Here we can put tonight in the S column. S stands for shark, and here's the sound they make. They don't have vocal cords. <laughs> they don't make sounds. Twitters! At the underscore podcastle. Thank you so much to Sage Melser for being on the show and Ocean Conservancy. You can follow Sage on Twitter at Sage Melser and Ocean Conservancy on Twitter at our Ocean. Um, with uh, leading scorer of the Miami Hurricanes, Jonathan Hassinger. I am former sex change recipient denied, no. Matthew Clark, saying good night, everybody. See ya. Godspeed. Bye.
came to Gotham's rescue in its darkest night. And he got Russell Crowe to the train, even though it cost his life. I loved him in American Psycho and maybe felt desire when he killed the dragon and saved the world and ran a fire. Machinist, he showed guilt, passion, and rage. But I couldn't stop staring at his rocking rib cage. Sometimes when I'm with my lady and I'm all up on her, I just close my Seven times, and I'm not trying to come across as some kind of floozy, but between. 